Welcome to Made in the 90s. This is Dylan Shore. I'm Kyle Woods. And today we will be reviewing a film that has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 5% and a Metacritic score of 1%. Wow. And I'm going to have to say that I disagree with that 5% because even though this movie is bad... I have a very special place in my heart for this film. Nostalgia, you may call it. This film is Biodome. I think the Metacritic might be right. <laughs> it probably is. Listen, I, just because we're trapped in a bubble... Doesn't mean we can't cause any trouble. It does, actually. <laughs> There's very little trouble in this movie. And hijinks do not ensue. Uh, I remember it fondly also... I think it's one of those movies that was maybe on HBO that I probably taped as a kid and really? then watched. Yeah. Never had the actual VHS? I don't think so, because there were strict rules about what I was allowed to, to watch. watch. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. so clandestinely, I could watch some shit, because there was cable in the house at a certain point, like when I got a little bit older. So I could tape shit off of the TV and then re-watch it, you know what I mean, off of, like, blank tapes. Yeah. So I remember loving Biodome and watching it a lot, and this is one of those experiences of kind of having my heart broken a little bit. But it, you still laughed. I definitely laughed. I think there's a few a few big reasons for that. So one of them is that Pauly Shore is entertaining. He's... He is entertaining. His shtick... 90s kids. <laughs> Maybe. He is... People hated him in the 90s, even though there was a generation that did love him. But he got some shit back in the day. And he deserves the shit, because it is like... It's all the same. It's all the same. Squirrely. <laughs> the wheeze. The wheeze. And they even allude to that here, where there's the, there's the flashback... Of Polly Shore in the, the like son-in-law outfit in the tent in the tent and they're smelling each other's farts, <sighs> basking in it and calling out what they ate. I'm <laughs> <laughs> kind of disgusting, but I still laughed. I didn't it's... laugh at that. I, that's where I almost checked out. But I'm like, I'm kind of notoriously. <laughs> bad at fart humor in particular oh. i just am always like oh like even the blazing saddles scene i'm like really are we still farting yes yeah because we fart every day yeah and no, farting is funny yeah when a good fart is pulled off i can't help but laugh call me childish it is when a fart is pulled off perfectly it nails some of the the loudest laughs you could get, I feel. Fair enough. And I'm not above it. I like I laugh at a fart. I fart every day. <laughs> but the, I think the reason that it it doesn't work here is because it's lazy here. And that's so, so much of this movie is just... It's a very lazy movie. In every respect, most of the performances are pretty lazy. Yes. The direction is so flat. I'm, I'll give Stephen Baldwin... The character of Doyle Johnson. It is. Maybe that is who Stephen Baldwin is, but Doyle Johnson is a f fucked up, seriously challenged man. He's a complex character, which speaks to the second reason that I still have some affection for this movie. Which is that I think that this sort of feels like a movie that might have been brilliant on, on first read. Mm -hmm. And then it got bought 
and got rewritten and got 90s up once they got Polly Shore Pauly they Shore added his humor. yeah because there are a lot of really sort of crazy moments in here like um, the newscaster who's recounting the the back into the left <laughs> of the clown it's yes. so absurdist and there's a few and there's also some some sort of tight structure moments in the script that kind of work out in terms of uh, like plant and payoff or recall. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a great movie in here, but they they really did not. Seem Can to we make just it. jump back real quick to the the back into the left moment? It is a very random moment that comes just in a scene, <laughs> and they're watching TV, and a newscaster is. Rec- recounting a drive-by shooting where a clown was shot in front of a liquor store but they keep repeating the very famous jfk line back and to the left and they're back doing the footage to the, the left way. Yeah. they're, they're winding just... it and showing this clown being shot and falling down i forgot what movie that was and like a few months ago i was trying so hard to remember what was making fun of jfk with a clown i'm so happy we decided to watch this because <laughs> i can finally remember it's also it's a great moment and it's a total throwaway moment it's one of the funniest things in the movie <laughs> but the movie has a handful of those things it does it's got some really solid one line there are some very solid one-liners definitely. one of my favorite one-liners is russell how'd you get a job fucking president clinton you had sex with president clinton great line. <laughs> it's a fun line and i think it points at the absurdity that is in the movie it's just not very well handled because russell is in this movie for two scenes maybe four and Max. one of them or all of them he's in a house and then randomly he just has a pizza delivering job and then next time you <laughs> see him he's back on the couch no he's leaving the party is that what oh that's right he's he is leaving, leaving the party. party so maybe we should talk a little bit about how biodome works what is biodome dylan um what is a biodome or what is the movie of biodome? let's start with the movie and then we should get to what a biodome is because it is a real thing they are or not uh so biodome is the story of bud mcintosh and doyle johnson or bob and daryl or bob and daryl according to russell <laughs> Uh, and it follows that they are two lazy stoners who refuse to do anything productive. But of course, it's a '90s movie, so they can't really be stoners. They're just imbeciles. Lazy. They're not even lazy. They're actually fairly industrious. They're they're just... pretty clever, coming up with ways to get out of situations. Yeah, and they do things. They're mahi mahi. They... <laughs> if you will. If you will. And then kaboom. <laughs> But they, they're, of course, never consuming drugs because this is a 90s movie. So there's yeah, a, a never... 90s trope that we should talk about. Stoners that never smoke. Yes, but they smoke cigarettes. They do smoke some cigarettes. That's one of the things that sort of works in this script for me. I'm telling you, I have this affinity for what I think the movie could be. And now I know I'm not being fair because I'm, I'm rewriting the document, <laughs> right? But I think that... 
there was a script there that was like, yeah, we're going to keep planting the cigarettes. The cigarettes are really important. So at a few key moments, they plant the cigarettes, and then you get to them, okay, they're going to rescue the biodome now. So Doyle's there with a <laughs> mountain of cigarette butts Man, that mean nothing, nothing. Yeah. which is a perfect, like, inverted joke. I get it. I That's, get it. It just, I don't it's think it's very underlying for this movie. It's not... It's not, it's a subtle joke if it is a joke. That's my thing. I think it was a joke in the script. I don't think it's a joke in, in the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Or they tried to make it one and it doesn't come across. Yeah. It yeah. just, it doesn't quite work out. But uh, yeah, they get themselves trapped in what is known as a biodome for a year with scientists starting on earth day and ending on earth day yes with five scientists there's uh the leader of the scientists faulkner dr noah faulkner who has some incredible hair yeah he's rocking the like it's a mane it's It's a lion mane it's like a 80s hair metal mane he refuses to come into the 90s that's true he's a bit of a holdover (laughs) <laughs> and that's uh, that that comes up yeah, never mind <laughs> finish there your are, thought no I don't want to there are other scientists Romulus TC Romulus who's played by Kevin West he's great got actor some, and some great moments in this movie he kinda he kinda keeps me in because alright sorry we'll get to it uh who else we got Olivia Biggs and Mimi Sinkins and this is my favorite scientist name. It's played by the wonderful Kylie Minogue. And her name is Dr. Petra Von Kunt. I'm sorry, Petra Von Kunt. K-A-N-T. Because it sounds like you're saying... Kunt. Kunt. Got it. <laughs> yes, but it's Kunt. And she's adorable in this she movie. She is. Super adorable. Other than that, T.C. Romulus is the only great scientist. All the other ones fall flat, besides Noah Faulkner, who is your antagonist of the film. Maybe in the last 20 minutes? He definitely turns into the way. He goes full on mad. So uh, these guys get stuck in the biodome with these scientists. They're in there for a year. They're sort of And then montages happen. It is... It's a montage after montage for a year of their life, and you just see... I, I, I can't you even describe holidays. it. You see holidays, you see them learning to adapt to the biodome. Talking about photosynthesis. Realizing that they make the rules. Yeah. And then sort of becoming at odds with the scientist. It's a montage-heavy movie that it goes... This is So this is the problem that I had with it, watching it this time, is it's... Fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, and it goes that. nowhere. They, once they get stuck in this thing, they literally just kind of bandy about from bit to bit. It's trying to get to the next joke, to the next joke, but it's a montage of jokes and situations. And there are no less than half a dozen montages. I mean, no less. It could be an easy... They go on for a good length. And most of them are set to that... Da da. <laughs> da 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 Very iconic song from this movie. So and iconic from the nineties, so you know you're in a nineties movie. I think we found uh-huh. one. Speaking of nineties tropes, uh I we should probably talk about Joey Adams. Oh, Joey Joey, Lauren, Adams, I love you. 
We all love you. Chasing Amy. So good. We're going to get to Chasing Amy. I have... Yeah, that will be down the road for sure. Some specific thoughts about Chasing Amy. Good ones? Yeah, well, it's like a... It's okay. A Another personal time. thing. It's like a... Personal? Yeah, this... Or, yeah, it's another, it's another time. I have an interesting history with that movie. Okay. Well, Chasing Amy will be down the road. Yeah. All right. But in the meantime, you can take comfort in the fact that Joey Lord Adams is in this movie being just incredibly 90s. Her, I don't think her belly button is covered at any point in, in this the film. whole movie. No. Every scene crop top. Midriff. Yeah. 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 And uh, her... Her counterpart, the brunette, Jin. Jin. Jin was her character name. Yes. Who was wearing a necklace with Doyle's name on it, which leads me to Doyle's necklace <laughs> that saga. That says Jin and has a shoe. That's he right. He starts with the puka shell necklace. 90s puka shell necklace. Then, underneath the puka shell necklace is the dice, the letter dice yes. necklace that says his girlfriend's name, Jin. 90s with two hearts on each end. And then at some point in the shenanigans, they're wearing an, another set of necklaces that he's fashioned out of... There's a ch- metal chain. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like all sorts of trinkets from around the biodome. Yeah. That he's found like the maniac that he is. Is that during the party scene? No. During the party scene... Yeah, something else. They're wearing fabulous headdresses. And you know who else is wearing an incredible hat? <laughs> Twice during this movie, Faulkner is out of control with his hat game. Oh, when yeah. When you first see him, he's got the Aussie, like, half hat. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a cowboy hat, but one half of it is straight up, and the other half is straight out. you you got to know what I'm talking I, about. No, this I can't hat, picture this. For listeners, I'm gesturing wildly with my hands right now. <laughs> And it's, it's not helping anybody. <laughs> okay, okay, picture a cowboy hat. You're wearing a cowboy hat. There's a brim all the way around the thing, right? Yes. So now you take one side of the brim and you just bend it up. You've never seen this hat? No. He's wearing that? In the very first scene, that is what he's wearing. Yes, the safari hat. Thank you. Say the safari hat. The safari hat. Yes. The safari yes. hat, but not the totally one. gotcha. Okay. Very. It's like random video footage that they put yeah, in the beginning like of the movie. Stuff. Totally remember now. Hat number one. Gotcha. <laughs> number two is the damn parrot. <laughs> the parrot hat. <laughs> he ends up wearing the parrot that he starts feuding with for some reason. Because it keeps saying, "I am God." I'm, okay. Here's the thing. He goes on the run for a decent portion of the year. Like when he goes, when he goes missing, when that montage yeah, starts. How long is that after the party? It's six months of montage. Is it really six it, months? Dude, they go through. They go through at least the major holidays. Like there's definitely a Christmas. That's scene. right. There there's was a Christmas one. scene, and there's probably a few other holidays. We don't have to get into it. It's a long fucking montage. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. And. Faulkner is nowhere to be seen during this whole thing. He's hiding in the tunnels. And building coconut bombs, which is totally a thing in the biodome. Obviously. He's got access to a lot of advanced electronics. A shit ton of coconuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 
a lot of coconuts. And he's a scientist. He's a, it's established early on he's a rocket scientist, so yes. of course he can make coconut bombs. That's foolish to think that he couldn't. Of course. What strikes me as odd... Oh, no. ...is this fucking parrot that he feuds with. Let me tell you. Where the parrot comes from? He... It, okay, they've got fauna... In the yes. in the biodome, accepted. They, do. they have a rainforest, so maybe a parrot's part of that. But he goes on the run, and he's living in the skunk works. This motherfucker is in the tunnels, hiding out. Yeah, the parrot's not there with him. He had to have captured this parrot. The parrot learns to say, "I am God," because this motherfucker has snapped. Yep, he's down there building coconut bombs, just going, "I, I am God." God. One coconut. I am God. Two coconuts. I am God. Kill everybody. I am God. Five coconuts. I know how to count. Listen. Yeah, you kind of skipped a big number there. <laughs> I don't know overrated. if you've ever heard of that number before. Four is overrated. <laughs> so this dude taught the parrot how to say I am God. Uh-huh. And then got irritated enough with hearing the parrot say I am God. To kill and eat and wear the parrot. And then reference that he is God one more time. <laughs> no. I am pre- God. Oh, man. There are levels to this movie. Yeah. Pretty deep. The guy is wildly unseated. And it's played by a... Uh, who is the gentleman that plays that guy? Because I only remember him as uh, Iago, I believe. It is uh, William Atherton. William Atherton, who you might remember as the red-headed person in every Shakespeare movie. And he's also in Ghostbusters. And oh, he is right. in Die Hard. Come on, Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard. Too bad um, that's, what, 89? 88, wasn't it? Yeah, that feels right. Dead air here. Yeah, well, What's let next? me talk about some 90s clothes. Please. Oh, um, give, oh and the hair clips. The colorful bow tie small hair clips. So Dylan had an idea earlier that we should animate these and give some visual reference because it's difficult to describe how 90s this this girl's hair yeah. it's jen's hair the whole outfit the whole outfit is incredible it's like a str- it's overalls she's, she's wearing, she's wearing overalls, overalls in multiple scenes at, oh my god actual overalls and those plastic hair clips that like little kids wore in the 90s yeah they're meant for kid kindergartners yeah. and first graders yeah like you'd have like a twisted hair and this thing would be at the end of yeah, it yeah a little pink Plastic bow tie. Yeah. She's I rocking at least like four or five different ones in her hair. And all of the wardrobe is aggressively 90s. Very like, colorful. Polly Shore is wearing plaid pants. Yes. And like a striped t-shirt, but it's kind of a long sleeve shirt. And is over a shirt that's a, like a mechanic shirt. He's okay. So here's another. That's kind of like another absurdist that's joke. That's another random that's, joke in there. Yeah. In the beginning, he's wearing a a sleeveless vest with a name tag that says "meat." Just meat. Just that. Hi, I'm meat. I'm gonna tow your truck. Okay. I'm gonna put your truck on my truck. My name meat. Okay, <laughs> get it out of here. <laughs> Later on, he's wearing a similar sleeveless vest, although this is like scientist drab. It's a very pleasant beige. Was it? I believe it was. I think it was a, a random mechanic shirt color. No, no, it's one. It was a beige one? Yeah, it's like okay. one of the scientist jumpers. You're right. he's like you're one right. of them now. You're right. And, and this one right. says veg. Why not fit vegetable on there? Or veg? 
Yeah. I don't know. Veg works. Veg. Veg. Yeah. Because you're going to put vegetable on a... It's a four-inch patch. (laughs) Small-ass writing. Vegetable. 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 Joke doesn't... Veg. (laughs) I get it. I'm with veg. Yeah, great wardrobe from everyone. Great wardrobe. In a similar 90s theme, the titles are... Oh, the uh, intro is it feels an like an embrain magazine. Yeah, and you brought that up in sort of reference to the, the montage <laughs> nature of the whole movie. It just is like, let's go to this place, let's go to this place, but we're all in the same place, which is why it's maddening and I want to murder myself. But the the titles are definitely like a vintage 90s clip art. Like mm-hmm. it feels clip like, art, there you go. Yeah, but like not the not the shitty like word processing clip art, but like legit. I have a punk zine clip art, you know. But it's animated. It's beautiful, uh, and it's got that great kind of '90s soundtrack. Um, We're losing direction. <laughs> Whoever sings that song, we don't own that song, by the way. Um, Dylan, I have a question for you. Yes, please. What is the relationship between Bud and Doyle? Okay, I brought this up. <laughs> When we were watching the movie, because it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. There's a literal flashback scene of them as kids with a mom and a, he, a mom, a mom, and and one of the kid goes, I think it's Doyle that says, "Hey," or no, Bud goes, "Hey, do you think Doyle can hold his breath that long?" She's like, "He's oh, fine." I he thought can... it was the other way. Is it the other way? I thought it was. Bud underwater, but maybe they're showing us why Doyle is the way he is. Yeah. But he also suffers multiple head trauma. Yes, he does. Also, in the list of things that he's given up, there is... Oh, oh, yes. Kangaroo No, these are five, yes. These are five things that he's, uh, or maybe not five, but what he has given up on in life. Chinese calligraphy, yeah. booger sculptures. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, kangaroo anatomy, blinking on two more, and then he says masturbation, but you, you can always be good at masturbation. And he even knew that. Yeah. <laughs> good for him for, good for realizing him. his skills, but it yeah. makes me question what Doyle could have been had he not been held underwater yes. by they his ha- mom, Bud's mom. I think we figured it out. They're half-brothers. Okay, so Doyle... Okay, but so whose mom is that? That's both of their mothers? No, because Bud references my mom. He says my mom when they're trapped in the desert part of the biodome. So they share a father. No, because they have different last names. Bud McIntosh and Doyle Johnson. So then they're not half brothers. Maybe he just meant to say our mom, but he said my mom. But still, that's a big thing. This movie it does not have a clear relationship for them. They, maybe they're lovers. Maybe one's adopted. Although they have girlfriends, so that doesn't... Oh, okay, let's go. But then why do they have different last names? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, just, I think that's one of the flaws that are on the far back burner of this movie. Indecipherable This movie thing that happens. It had like two to three people that wrote the screenplay, and then... Two to three other random people who came up with the story idea. So this movie is literally yes. all in yeah. different directions. That's never a good, never a good sign. No, and it does feel like that in the even in the editing. 
there's fade after fade after fade. Scenes just kind fade of... Fade to black. Montage. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, uh, should we fade to black out of this montage? Yeah. Hey, after we fade to black... Can we fade in? To a montage? <laughs> I don't think they did that, but I think we need to put that in a movie now just because it's been said. This... How, how long... This movie can't be... It's got to be like 83 minutes, right? Uh, 88 it felt like it was seven hours long. Oh, no. That movie flew by every dude, time. Dude, I didn't realize the they go and sneak into the girls' beds on the first night. <laughs> that feels like it's halfway through the movie, and it's probably 20 minutes in. That is my point. <laughs> what do you mean it flew by? It still it flew by. It feels like there, it's been going on for an hour already. It's true. It did. Oh, my God. They got a long intro. They got a long. They waste five minutes on the opening intro. It is a really long. So it's an eighty-three minute movie. (laughs) (laughs) And then they waste the first act. I guess if you can call it that is them sitting on a couch, talking on the phone, getting in a car, going to an empty lake, driving some more, entering the biodome parking lot. And if that's twenty minutes, twenty minutes, dude. Oh, but before the movie starts, we have the five-minute intro, and then before we see Bud and Doyle, we have the intro the with intro Noah the bio with the, the stupid hat that you love. Love that hat. The safari hat. Keep rocking it, Noah. <laughs> Noah Faulkner. Noah Faulkner. Killing the hat game and the coconut bomb game. <laughs> so I'm sure that's the only one. Then the there's only one. This, that second act is just all stuck in the biodome so then that makes the i guess the party is kind of our our midpoint that's where they turn it around and they start yeah that's when act three starts after that act three starts after the party yeah yeah definitely because they fucked up big time and it's the middle of the movie and now the third act is about them redeeming themselves i think that's the yeah the whole second half of the movie and then that third act is really when they like they find out that faulkner is their threat. Dude, like that's this, like the last ten minutes. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> that's the last ten minutes, I'll tell you. The movie is a fucking the, mess. The last act, I mean, you, we realize as an audience that Faulkner is the bad guy. Because we see him lurking in the bushes mysteriously. But everyone else just thinks that he's disappeared. He chewed through his handcuffs like a rat. But where do they think he's gone? Maybe he left with the party. They say something. They, I can't remember how they reference it. It's a random ADR line. It's God, there's a lot of ADR in this movie. What was the good one? Well, yeah, the... you tell me. You were the one. <laughs> Dylan laughed very hard at what I considered to be a shitty ADR line. Damn it, I, I don't know if I wrote it down. Now. I'm going to take a look. Fuck, I'm blanking now. What was that line? I don't have it. It was terrible. It's not worth remembering. Damn we it. Just move past it. Yep, all right, next. Uh, so speaking of things that are terrible, that this movie relies on and the key so how the movie turns into the giant party why at the biodome put the key there why is there a key in the first place is every door is supposed to be locked how's that a door it's a window with a key what it so they're in the at, at the, a certain point we should back up a few steps plot wise let's make sense is it necessary this. the bud and doyle have been banished to the desert of the biodome because they're fucking up because they got high on nitrous and ate yes. a bunch of Cheetos. 
why like either of those things were in the biodome. I'm not sure. Nitrous oxide I could see because they're probably, they got to do their own teeth yeah, repair. Yeah, if there's like a first aid issue. Yeah. Okay. Why but are why Cheetos? do they have Cheetos if they're vegan? More importantly, why are the those drums marked with, with biohazard stickers? <laughs> it, it looks like if you open that up, your face would melt. But it's just Cheetos. It's just food. And Polly Shore can smell out which one is food <laughs> and which one is not food. How do... Th- and he makes Doyle up in it. Give me... <laughs> so I have another question for you. Is Doyle an actual dog? Dude. Uh, so it... it- it's a great question because there's so many references to him. Not necessarily... It's like there's a joke where they missed a certain cleanup party with their girlfriends. And Doyle goes, I had fleas! And then later on, <laughs> yeah. when he has to take a piss, they go into the biodome, which causes this whole situation. And he's peeing in the rainforest. And just so subtly, he raises his leg just like a male dog. The leg comes and up. it's fucking brilliant. I think it's a great subtle joke. And yes, I do think there's dog characteristics in Doyle. He's very much a dog. I feel like his mom made him sleep in a doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or maybe a kennel. Oh, there you go. He definitely had to spend a night in a kennel. Yeah, if he was bad. That makes sense. Yeah. I can see that. Or he just broke into a kennel as a kid. Oh, because it was probably more comfortable than where he had to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that we're making up backstory (laughs) for this. Because obviously the writers did not know how to take care of their characters. The characters, yeah, the characters are just that they're imbeciles, that they're... And everyone is an imbecile. Everyone's an imbecile. Even Faulkner's an imbecile in the end, even though he's a a rocket scientist in the beginning. He's making coconut bombs, and he wants to destroy the biodome and kill everyone. He's going to kill everyone. That's his... I mean, he's snapped fully. Because they threw a party and destroyed his experiment. I guess that's pretty big, but it was a year experiment that they probably put millions of dollars into. Yeah, but it's Yeah, like, but is it worth killing a bunch of people? Also, like, bro, dude, you could probably get that shit done again. Yeah, just fix it up this year. Go, come back the next year. Say, hey, we're going to hire more security, which was laughable. Yeah. Can we talk about... What a great scene. In the the way these guys start out is by lighting some fireworks, throwing it over a wall, and distracting the one security guard that is guarding the entrance. The all of by he's the only one that no, there's more down on the Dylan floor. Dylan claims that there was like another shooter on the grassy knoll or whatever, but that's conspiracy. <laughs> there back, is another security guard on the floor. The left bullshit. That, Back into the left is real. That's Do not, not say that is bullshit. Listen, there was one security guard guarding the door, and he's like, oh, that sounds like some Thundercats. I better go check it out. Because he doesn't know the difference between a firecracker and a fucking 45. So he dupes his way over there, and they sneak in. By the end of the movie, when they're they're trying to get their... That security guard's there behind the, the gate. Do you see him? All going, doop, 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 doop. <laughs> A whole squad of security guards. This movie is nonsense. I'm over it. So you're saying it deserves the one, the it, Metacritic score. Dude, it it was really <laughs> a disappointing experience for me. I am overall. not fighting this movie at all. It is a 
very poorly made film. It still has extremely funny parts to me. A lot of them which I just find funny because of the nostalgia factor that I found them super funny as a kid. The stuff that I found, there's there's definitely things that made me laugh even today. There are really a few solid bits. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't think it deserves... A what, what was it? One percent. Metacritic has a one. A one out of what is Metacritic score on? They're one out of a uh, hundred million. One out of banana. Where is they? Where I have no idea. In? Actually, that's a good question. But Rotten Tomatoes was. Uh, <laughs> someone gave it a twenty on Metacritic, and every other one was zero. <laughs> but uh, the what is it? The Rotten Tomatoes is five percent. Five percent. So just imagine that. That's out of a hundred. It's not. Now, like five. I could give it a five percent. I think that's it's fairly accurate in its editing, in its directing, in its story. It's, Maybe it is nostalgia. It's, that's got me it is. Nostalgia has me for this movie, but it is a very poorly made film. It's not a poorly made film. No. You see, this is why I don't think it's five percent. No, I am. I can't believe I'm defending this. It's. This I can't either. It's got circle. thirty-five minutes of montages. Oh, it's got. It, it, no, it's got thirty-five minutes of movie. Of it's movie. Got, <laughs> 80 minutes of montage. This like it, this would be a really funny episode of some irreverent animated television show. But it's a movie that's so boring because nothing fucking happens for so long. The reason I will defend it though is because it's it's not a poorly made movie. It's a flatly made movie. Uh it's, yeah. It's just completely uninspired. It there's no, the directing is flat. There's not a lot of depth to its imagery. None. Like, everything is a two-shot. Yeah. Or, a, you know, that kind of, like, five-on-the-table thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all very, very boring <laughs> in every facet. It takes too long. It's visually flat. It's uninspired in most of the performances. Although there are some moments that sort of peak above it. There are moments that rise above it. There, uh-huh. There is something inside of it that I want to draw out. Uh, <laughs> I need to get as creepy as I could for that. Draw I just, I just got to get inside of it and take it, take it further. But I, yeah, I want to see the version of this movie that's like, good. You know, we were talking about dirty work earlier. People hate if, on that one too, though. Okay, but Norm MacDonald, for me, is a, personal comic genius i think there's no one else like him and his simple humor is so funny let me let me uh take back dirty work and put in a different example what about uhf i've never seen it you know uhf oh wait no i'm thinking p this doesn't have Jeremy Piven, right? No. No, this okay. I'm of another... You're thinking of PCU. PCU. Which is a college movie yes. featuring Ari Gold. Yes. No. PCU. You, wow. I think UHF is 80-something, like 88 or 89. Okay. I wish we could do that movie for this one. But either way, you, you should watch that. Are you a fan of Weird Al? Oh, yes. Have you seen this? Of do you course. know what we're talking about now? Yes, okay, I do know what we're... you're talking about now. So imagine if wow, this subject matter had that passionate treatment. 
because UHF works even though it's super confined and is basically bit after bit after bit after bit. It works because there's there's a passion for the material yeah. and there's a really motivated a, creator yes. that that cares about that story. There's a there's a genius behind the writer. Definitely. Th- these writers literally feel sloppy. And it's also, you know, teams of writers, so I, I hesitate to like be hypercritical of yeah. any one take on this thing mm-hmm. because it's seven it people. Went through multiple yeah. views. And that sucks for everybody. Yeah, I'm just, I'm defending it because I do want to see the the pure version of it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think there is something great in here. It just didn't come to screen. I, as a kid, I loved Pauly Shore movies, especially because my last name is Shore, but it's spelled <laughs> differently. They are very different spellings. Yeah, he's spelled like a true fucking German. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like if Dylan I, only drank beer for his entire life, he probably would never be dehydrated. Probably, yeah. I'd probably be fine. I think so. But I love water too much. <laughs> <laughs> you take care of him. I do. But I used to tell kids I'd fuck with them that Polly Shore was my cousin, <laughs> <laughs> even though their it names was spelled are spelled completely and different. pronounced differently. I once convinced this kid in eighth grade that I don't know if I should say his name, but I'm not going to. Uh, he. We were talking somehow, and I was like, yeah, Pauly Shore's my cousin. And he was like, you're joking. I'm like, Dylan Shore, Pauly Shore. And he was like, oh my fucking God, how did I never put the connection together? I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's pretty obvious, right? People don't ask. Pretty no, Yeah, no, they don't ask. And he was like, really, man? Wh- how? What's he like? I'm like, you know, I mean, he's cool. I was at his house for Christmas. I slept on his couch. <laughs> and then... He does the weasel thing a he lot? He does the weasel thing a lot. Uh, and he then, taught me how to do it. I could teach you, but... <laughs> be cool, man. Yeah, I don't know if you... Uh, I don't know if you'd like me to tell his secret about how he does the weasel. That's the thing. Totally forgot about that situation and jump like three or four months later on. Maybe it was a little longer than that, but I think it was around the time Pauly Shore's Dead is coming out. I don't know if you heard about that movie that he made. Yeah. yeah. What was little, the story on that? Uh, he, f- It's a mockumentary where he fakes his own death and then the word spreads around Hollywood and all his friends in it. It's just them filmed that they never really liked him. It's not the greatest movie ever. But this kid brought up Polly Shore again. And he was like, dude, how's your cousin? I'm like, he's dead. (laughs) No, no, no. I totally (laughs) forgot. I was like, my cousin. She's good. I thought he was talking about like my my real cousin. I have a female (laughs) cousin. And he was like, no, 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 Polly Shore. I'm like, dude, I I was joking with you. Bought it. And he was like. You're an asshole. I'm so sorry, man. I thought you would catch on real quick. Hey, Dylan. <laughs> kind of a jerk, man. Kind of a dick move, right? A little, little bit of a prick move. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry to that kid. You know, like, people sometimes are like, hey, are you related to James Woods? I should say yes. I would never do that. You know why? Because he's too cool for you? Because yeah, I'm not a dick. James, James Woods is too cool for you. James Woods... Would, would kick the shit out of you. He might. He might. <laughs> I just. Try. I picture him, because he plays himself in Entourage. I picture yeah, that's how that he guy. is when he's pissed off at Johnny Drama and he comes up to the fucking door demanding the Aquaman tickets. But that guy doesn't actually kick your ass. No, but he's about to. But then he thinks he gets the tickets. No, but I'm saying like, if the door opened, let's say. By some happenstance, he pounds the fucking thing hard enough, 
and it pops open. Yes, he kicks your ass. No way. Yeah. James Woods does not kick your ass. Yes, he does. We have different opinions about James Woods. <laughs> James Woods did, Wow. James Woods gets in your face and, like, yells a lot, but then he starts shaking until somebody kind of, like, pulls him away, you know? I could see that, too. That's, that's James see that. Woods. But I can see him getting violent as fuck, too. I could see him trying to get violent, but it going really wrong. Like, he... He'd, It'd be an awkward punch. Yeah, like he doesn't. He hits you with the bottom of his fist. Yeah, that kind of. That's thing. brutal. <laughs> that is brutal. You put four full force into that, you could get someone. All right. Yeah, especially if you're like carrying a beer bottle. And he's tall. He's like six four. Oh, so he's just got reach. Six two, maybe six foot. I don't know. Watch him be five. You're five, just making five. things up. You don't even know. He could be five five for How all I know. Is my cousin. James Woods is a thousand feet tall. In case you didn't know, I like to lie. He one time beat up Muhammad Ali. You never seen that fight? (laughs) (laughs) So that's Biodome. Just a true 90s. True 90s. It is. All right. So let's, if we can extract some 90s out of this thing. That's the mission here. The hair clippings. The hair pieces. The hair all around. The, the Doyle's girlfriend's outfit, period. All the girlfriend of their outfits. Yeah, yeah. The clothing in general is maniac stuff. Like people wore that. I yeah. they did. We were gonna feel that way about everything, though. Yeah. Um. The other thing is the intro that Decidedly was decidedly '90s, and Pauly Shore. Pauly Shore makes it. That's that's the icing on the Stephen cake. Stephen Baldwin, Joey Lauren Adams. Why did he have to vote for Trump? Why? You were just defending James Woods. James Woods is a better actor than <laughs> Stephen Baldwin ever will be. I don't know. Have you ever seen... Name Good... a James Woods movie right now. Good point, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good point. James Woods is probably a better actor than Stephen Baldwin. Although I... Stephen Baldwin. Biodome, Fled. Did you ever see Fled no. in the nineties? Him and Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, but you sold me just that. Terrible movie. That's a. That would be a good. That is a bad action movie. Like not fun to watch. Bad. I think it's telling that this episode about Biodome has stopped being about Biodome. Because it evolves to so much more. Because <laughs> it's nothing. It's, it really is nothing. But no, James Wood is, Woods is a much better actor than um, than uh, Stephen Baldwin any okay. day. Once Upon a Time in America. Name another one. James Wood. Scary Movie 2. Okay. Yeah. Sold. Right yeah. there. Sold on that one. <laughs> Cheers to that, Tom. Cheers.